Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, everybody, to the latest episode of Believe in Florida Gators. I'm Zach Goodall. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Demetrius Harvey, as well as a special guest, uh, a fellow writer of ours over at Sports Illustrated's AllGators.com. we got Brandon Carroll in with us tonight. We're going to be talking about Florida's spring game. I should say we're recording this Wednesday night going up the morning of Florida's annual Orange and Blue game. It is back after a couple-year hiatus. Uh, we're planning on previewing that here with Brandon, as well as talking about a lot of basketball news that happened literally the second we got on this recording. It all started breaking. We delayed the start by about an hour just to get stories out. So it's fresh, and we've got some takes for you. Uh, Demetrius, I'll let you go ahead and start. Say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode, which is fantastic. You know, obviously, being able to start this back up has been great and rewarding, Um I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about actual football now because, you know, we're only given so much time to watch these practices. 15 minutes, you know, every other day is not very much, you know, to go off of, especially when they don't scrimmage or really get into much team stuff during the time. So being able to go to a spring game and see exactly how this squad looks, it's it's going to be fun. So I hope you guys enjoy. And obviously our guy Brandon here is to, you know, he's here to give us all of the expert opinions on the Florida Gators basketball program which is going to be fantastic because, you know, new era, uh, a lot of moves are being made and, and we're excited to see and hear about what they're going to do. So, yeah, Zach, uh, go ahead and, and take us through, you know, more of what we're talking about. Well, first, yeah, I mean, without further ado, I got to introduce Brandon while we got him here. Uh, Brandon, you've been with us for, um, what is it now, two years almost at All Gators? Uh, yeah. Over two years? I think over, yeah. Close to All right, but it's my fault. I should know that. Hey, no, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad to have you on. I know that you've wanted to join us on a podcast for a while, and we've done you the disservice of not having one. So <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself to uh, to the people here, uh, what you do with us, and you know what we're going to be talking about tonight with you. Yeah, absolutely. What's going on, everyone? Uh, I'm Brandon Carroll. I'm uh, currently a student at the University of Florida, but I'm also a contributing writer for <laughs> All Gators Sports Illustrated, which is pretty sick. Obviously, uh, this is not a position a lot of people my age have. So I'm, I'm obviously grateful to Zach and Demetrius for everything they've taught me, for the opportunities they've given me, and for having me on the pro- podcast tonight because I always love kind of chopping it up with them and talking about Gator sports or really anything, really. So, uh, But yeah, tonight we're going to be getting into the new era of Gator basketball, the Todd Golden era, some crazy transactions that have happened over the past few days with the roster. And um, yeah, obviously I'm going to give you some opinions on the spring practice and uh, the spring game that's coming up tomorrow or today, whichever it goes up. So yeah, we'll be uh, getting into that. So it's pretty sick. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. We're excited to have you, man. And without, with that, let's um let's go right into the spring game. You know, like I said earlier, this is the first time in a couple of years that Florida's had this and the opportunity for students to come to the game uh, to give you guys a little bit of a heads up as to how this is going, um, in case you weren't aware, I mean, my first spring game that I covered, I actually wasn't here for it. I just watched the tape on it a billion times. Um, and they had former players going out and catching passes and picking off um, picking off passes and having fun. It was a cool environment. It's not going to be like that on Thursday. Uh, the team is going to split into two. Uh, they practice separately during the week to kind of give it like a real game type of feel, you know, they're competing against each other, make each other better, obviously get the best reps they can and, you know, see who will literally come out on top, the orange or the blue. Uh, They're going to be running out of separate tunnels, have separate locker rooms, and and it's going to be a traditional game, four uh, quarters, 15 minute uh, halftime with a running clock, except for the last four minutes of each half. Uh, They'll have penalties, change of possession, all of that stuff. They'll work on special teams. They won't just be flipping the ball. It's going to be like a real game, and I mean, I'm certainly excited to see that because I feel like that'll give us the best look at where this team has progressed so far this spring rather than just throwing guys out there to have fun and work team by team. What do you feel, Demetrius? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be our first actual look, like I said, at the new team and sort of, you know, where they're at roster wise. We've already talked to Billy Napier a bunch of times about this and, you know, his, his thoughts are clear. You know, he's not mincing words. This roster needs work. You know, they don't have that two to three, you know, three to four depth deep roster right now. They, they only have, you know, their first string and then, you know, they have a sort of a second string. And then after that, it's, it's anybody's game. You know, they got, plenty of walk-ons playing we already have talked extensively about the tight end position uh the defensive line has had some attrition as well with lamar goods transferring or getting ready to transfer out of the program Uh, he hasn't come to a decision where he's going yet but he's gone so just you know being able to see all of those guys and and my one of the other bigger things and it's not really to do with the football field it's sort of seeing the fans come out too I think that that's a big push that that Billy has been, you know, talking about. He's he went around and talked to all of the different students that he saw around campus, making sure that they're coming in and making sure that they're a part of this. And I think that you know having this on a Thursday night, obviously it's a little bit of a changeup, but it can you know bring a, a bunch of fans to the stadium, especially students. Um, they're going to give away, you know, I think a scooter and a bunch of other things that's going to be interesting to see. So just being able to be back in football, you know, the first spring game that I'm going to cover for the Gators and and, and I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see the team and and to see what exactly they need to work on. Yeah, same here. And with that, Brandon, when you when you approach this game, what are some things that you really want to see, you know, stand out or. Maybe because we, we know Billy's talked a lot about looking to the portal post spring to fill up needs. Like I really want to see right off the bat what those needs truly are. So with that, what are some things that you're going to be looking forward to when you watch this game? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of operational things. Uh, obviously, there's a new kind of wave of uh, offense and defense that's going into this game, that's going into the team and everything with Billy coming in. And a major part of that is – 12 personnel on offense. So you're going to have two tight ends on the field. How is that going to work in this new era of where passing the football is so important? Obviously, uh, Billy likes to run the football. So how are we, what are we going to see from that? What are we going to see from the offensive line? What are we going to see from the running backs? Defensively, I'm excited to see how the linebackers look. Because obviously, last year, we know how kind of important missed tackles were to their mm-hmm. six and seven season. And so is that going to be a major improvement that kind of helps the defense kind of uh, aid this offense that might not be as explosive as it has been in years past. It's kind of all these things that are coming in that we're going to get our first glimpse of. And because of that, I think uh, the spring game being back, being in this kind of, uh, you know, very split set, uh, like, you know, set up and everything with it being like a real game is going to be interesting to see and follow. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I'm, um, I'm also curious to see, who fills in obviously at these starting positions that need to be filled. They've got four on defense Uh, offenses, one, two, three, four, at least four. Um, And with that, I mean, Demetrius, I'll throw it over to you. Who, who do you think could be maybe a surprise that comes in and is with that first team tomorrow night at any of those positions, you've got two defensive linemen, defensive end and tackle off ball linebacker and a cornerback, obviously harder, to you know it's pretty hard to replace Kyrie Elam but someone's gonna have to do it um offense I can think of the two right offensive linemen uh running back tight end with Kamori being gone Mm -hmm. I guess you have to consider that too because of it being 12 personnel um yeah yeah and I think that's it I I mean especially on on offense I'm really interested because we've we've heard you know the rumors and we've sort of talked about it you know is Lingard going to be the guy that gets a lot of first team reps? This is a guy that came in a couple of years ago and hasn't really done anything. I mean, frankly, they, they haven't used him. They, they haven't put him on the field to, to actually see a couple of times that we even got to see him. He had a couple good runs, you know, 20 yard gains, stuff like that in, in garbage time. But, you know, we haven't really got to see him, you know, have a full workload. So to see what this running back group turns into getting away from Damian Pierce and Malik Davis from last year, now moving on to a brand new group, essentially with DeMarcus Bowman with uh, Lorenzo Lingard. And then obviously Montrell Johnson coming in Naquan Wright right now. Um, he might still be injured, so he might not even play in this spring game, but those three specifically to see what they have out of them. And if Lingard's going to be able to come in there and become they're at least one B starter. That's exciting. You know, this guy coming out of high school was a five-star recruit, went to Miami, hurt his knee, had to transfer mitigating circumstances, comes back, 
and maybe he does still have that speed. Maybe he does still have that explosiveness. So that's going to be an interesting guy to watch. I mean, obviously our defense is going to be a little bit more difficult to project. Um, you know, Dewan Black is a guy that people have been talking about. Even the players have been saying, you know, this is a kid who's, you know, coming in, playing a, a different position because before he's playing sort of defensive back and everything at, at the JUCO level. Now he's playing linebacker. That's going to be interesting to see too. Is he, you know, as good as, as what people have said? How does he fit in? And, you know, the guy has serious length. So I'm, I'm assuming that he can get after it, you know, with his speed, with his length, being able to pick off the football possibly. Um, tackling just all that all that good stuff and i i think that we're going to get a really good clarification of you know who actually fits who stands out and and who we want to go after you know in terms of talking about later on yeah i completely agree on d1 and it's also been coaches saying that he's a ball hawk so that you can from what we can tell those defensive back skills are translating over to linebacker i'm really excited to see him tomorrow too i honestly think he is the ideal weak side guy i know he's um I know he's canceled, so I hate to make this type of comparison, but I look at him, like you said, he's a really long linebacker. He Mm -hmm. is athletic. He can make plays in coverage as a raw version of Telvin Smith, what we saw from him at Florida State and when he was with the Jaguars, that type of playmaker. Uh, I still really, you know, what I want to see in the spring game from him, especially if he's with the first team, is how he processes things, keys the run game, uh, can play downhill and in the box. You know, that's obviously a totally different thing than what he dealt with at defensive back. But we know, we've talked about this for a long time, Florida has not had that at linebacker. Ventro Miller's gotten a little bit better and better every year in coverage, but they've not had that star that they know, hey, we, you know, we can go and put him up against a linebacker and he'll be successful. You know, you need that on the opposite side of your nickel corner. Um, right. And he, he seems like the perfect fit. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Do you have any guys that stand out in particular? Yeah, well, first of all, I think Dewan's had an incredible spring. I think, like you said, he's a he's a linebacker that is progressing at that position, but he also has those defensive back skills, which makes him a Swiss Army knife in that defense. And that's something that Patrick Tony's looking for. He loves guys that are versatile, and that's something that Dewan Black can do. So I think he's going to see a lot more time this year than he has um, since he played in JUCO. Uh, it's going to kind of be his, you know, things are going to come full circle for him as someone that's kind of, had this weird and kind of winding path to get to the university of Florida and to get on the field. Mm-hmm. And, but other than that, I would say uh, I also am intrigued to see Lingard. I think uh, he is in a position where I think this, this offense is particularly going to be um, kind of a rotational at the running back position. So I will, I'll be interested to see how they kind of split carries. I don't think it's going to be in the same regard that they have in the past. I think they're kind of going to roll with the hot hand. But I would not be surprised to see Lingard get a get a good share of carries, um, both in the spring and going forward. Just because we've heard how he's the hardest worker and the most consistent one out there, and sometimes that's what it comes down to when you have guys that are very level in talent. Defensively, I'm excited to see the star position. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say a certain player, but I think both Jadarius Perkins and Trevez Johnson at that position both are unproven. They're kind of guys that you want to see step up and kind of be able to make those plays at star. But one thing I will say about this position that's different from years past is in Tony's defense, the star position doesn't hold as many responsibilities that it did in the Todd Grantham defense, which means they're able to utilize their athleticism, their talent in more uh, honed in kind of fashion instead of having all these different things that they have to worry about. And as a result, I think that we'll see a bit kind of that step forward that we haven't seen since a guy like Chauncey Gardner Johnson was able to do it at Florida for, you know, in 2018, because he was an anomaly. He's a top five nickel corner in the NFL right now. And so I think that kind of set unrealistic expectations for the position, especially in Todd Grantham's defense. So I think going forward, Trevez, Jadarius Perkins are going to have that freedom, you know, that, that weight lifted off their shoulders to where they can just play. So definitely looking forward to that. And see, that's been a theme across the entire defense throughout camp. Every guy you talk to, Ventron Miller had a couple good quotes on it the other night that the, the entire defense feels way simpler. It's allowing guys to yep. play fast. And it's star, you're right. I mean, like that's one of the positions where you just need to be able to play fast. You know, you can't be someone that's just sit back and think a ton because you're right. Like you still have a good bit of responsibilities. You know, you, you are a third linebacker in a sense against the run. You also yep. are someone that has to take away typically the speedster or the big middle of the field target. It's not easy, but the fact that at least everyone is saying at this point that it's gotten simpler, 
it, it will lead to, you know, maybe fewer missed tackles, fewer um, blown coverages because guys did have to think that was the reoccurring theme with Todd Grantham is that everyone thought that defense was way too complex. So that that's, you're right. That's another thing just to look at from a broader perspective, look at the defense and see how much faster they're able to play. I think we'd be remiss to, if we didn't say Anthony Richardson as well, right? We want to see how he looks post-surgery in a game type of environment. We want to see how much progress he's made in terms of cutting down turnovers, uh, making his reads, and how he makes them within this offense. And and that leads to a broader point as well. What will this passing game look like? We know the run game is going to be a mix of zone and gap, and they're just going to try and do as much as they can with it. They want to make teams fear their run game to open up the passing game. But what will it look like, and, and how will Richardson look within it? Uh, it, it, there's there's going to be a lot, clearly, if for everyone to pay attention to it this game. Um, and quarterback obviously tops that list. But one more thing for people to look at, too, and I'll ask you guys each, who is one transfer player that came in this year that you're most looking forward to seeing for the first time in a Gators uniform? You've got Montrell Johnson, Osiris Torrance, Cameron Waits, Jalen Kimber, and Jack Miller III. Brandon, I'll start with you. I think it has to be Montrell Johnson. Right. I mean, the kind of harp, you know, everyone's harped on how important the running back position is in Billy Napier's offense. And Johnson's someone that's familiar with that offense. He's familiar with what they're trying to accomplish. He's familiar with the assignments that he has to complete as the running back in that offense. And he did it last year as a true freshman. So it's he's picked things up quickly. And so I think he's the one in this kind of group um, outside of maybe Osiris Torrance. Um, who's going to be vital to this offense and to this team? Because, I mean, he is going to—he has the potential to be that main star from the transfer group. I mean, Jack mm-hmm. Miller is going to likely be a backup. Uh, you're also looking at Jalen Kimber, who is—he hasn't been able to fully participate this spring, so he's kind of a step behind guys like Avery uh, Avery Helm and Jadon Hill, uh, opposite Jason Marshall Jr. And so Johnson is this power back that you're going to get, who's going to be able to churn out yards down by down. And as a result, I think that his kind of contribution to the team is going to be something to really watch, especially as he competes for a starting job uh, with Lorenzo Lingard and Demarcus Bowman and even Naquan Wright when he returns to full action. Yeah. Anyone that isn't aware, uh, Montrell Johnson is the reigning Sunbelt freshman of the year, 12 touchdowns last year. I mean, if anyone knows, how to succeed in this offense. It, it is him compared to the rest of the running back room. So it'll be interesting to see. I think he's done a decent bit of work splitting first team reps with Lorenzo Lingard throughout spring. So he should have quite the workload tomorrow night. And it'll be Absolutely. interesting to see how much of his skill set translates to SEC, especially the speed, because I know he's more of a bruiser. I want to see how he looks trying to outrun some of the athletes he's going to be going against. Uh, Demetrius, how about you? Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to go back a little bit because we didn't really talk about too much, but it's huge. You know, obviously seeing Anthony Richardson for the first time since his injury and and the first time coming back, really to see him play a full game is going to be something that's exciting and interesting. You have to, um, you, 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 if, if, if you're the Gators staff, you want to see him pretty much with no limits. You know, you want to see him being able to break off runs. Obviously, he's going to be in that orange jersey or whatever jersey they're going to be using so that no one can touch him. But you're going to, you want to be able to see him make those decisions, not hesitate too much, be able to be accurate with the football with something he struggled with last year, in my opinion. Um, you know, that that Georgia game, while, you know, that defense is, is insane, that really showcased, you know, some of his limitations and some of the issues that he might have moving forward if he hasn't you know been able to correct it obviously it's his first year starting last season so it you know for a, a couple of games so it wasn't really anything to worry about too much but hitting into this year now that he's going to be the full-time starter Emory Jones isn't there that's a lot of weight on his shoulders and I think that that's something that we're going to have to make sure and, and, and the Gators coaching staff is going to have to make sure that you know this is going to be the guy moving forward um, but as far as the transfers guys Montreal Johnson obviously is is the guy that I would think of too, but on the offensive line, Osiris Torrance, you know, he's supposed to come in and pretty much, you know, this guy was recruited out, you know, in the transfer portal by Alabama, you know, big teams like that. 
he's a player. You know, he, he's not somebody that's just coming in and all of a sudden he's a backup offensive lineman. He might have to wait a couple of years. No, he's like inserted into the starting lineup right away. Seeing his physicality, seeing how he plays, seeing how much better they are as an offensive line with him there, it's going to be incredible. I think that one of the biggest issues this season um, is going to be that spot in terms of who's playing next to him at right tackle. You know, what, what are they going to do? Um, but for now, I think that it's 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 going great. So seeing Osiris Torrance in there, being able to see his physicality, how he makes the, their run game a lot better, that's something that I'm interested in. And I think that you know we'll we'll be able to get at least a glimpse of of what he can provide in tomorrow's spring game or today's. That leaves me with um, if we're because Jalen Kimber, I'm excited to see, um, but at the same time, he's also been limited for the majority of spring camp. He tends to have an orange jersey on most of the time, if not all times. Uh, That leaves me with Jack Miller and Cameron Waits. Sorry, Jack. Um, I do do think that this is Anthony's job to lose, although I am excited to see Jack perform. Because, like, I'm being – I'm trying to be serious. Okay, guys. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're good. You can pick our players, too. No, no, I want to. I want to be unique. Duh. Okay, you know, go I want. I mean, I do want to see the stability they have in a backup quarterback. Um, sure. But if I have to choose between the two, I want to see what the six eight three sixty pound tackle looks like, uh, especially who's in the very early stages of a football career. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's been praising this guy. Uh, Ethan White said last night, uh, Tuesday night, I guess I should note in his press conference when asked about him that he re- physically reminds him of a combination of Stone Forsythe and Desmond Watson, for good reasons. Um, obviously, two massive Florida players. Stone Forsythe, I think, is still with the Seahawks. Ended up becoming a draft pick. He is, yep. And he actually, yeah. he's um, slated to, I think, for now, start, I believe. I think they have to address that position. But right now, he's pretty much their, their top guy at left tackle. And so we'll see what's going on there. That was one thing John Hevesy did well. Because Stone Forsythe, like, absolutely no one knew what Florida was getting in him besides a massive, long, athletic tackle. By all accounts, Cameron Waits is a big, long, athletic tackle, and he's way bigger than Stone Forsythe. <laughs> he's got an inch and like 60 pounds on him. No, 40 pounds. Um, so, I, I mean, it's going to be not perfect, right? He's still a pretty young player, especially adjusting from a Louisiana scout team offensive line to probably second team, uh, I'd assume, tomorrow night, uh, based on the way Florida's roster is looking right now, second team SEC offensive lineman. But that, that's just a guy that you know you want to watch in this type of setting. Uh, I'm excited to see all of them, though. Um, and I'm hoping that Kimber can do a little bit more as well. I mean, it's it probably not likely, but I'd like to see what he brings to that secondary because mm-hmm. it, it is relatively thin. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of curious to see exactly how that second cornerback position even shakes out. Jaden Hill is coming off of a major injury. Avery Helm, I thought, in my opinion, last year he looked great, and especially in at times besides, you know, a couple of uh, penalties that he gave up. Uh, you can sort of say the same about Elam. He gave up a, a couple penalties as well. So um, just seeing that cornerback position shake out is going to be is going to be huge. I, I don't know how Jaden's going to play or, or if he's even going to be a full go on, you know, Thursday or tonight, however you guys want to look at it. Uh, but say, seeing Kimber in there, there's there's obviously a reason why they brought this guy in. You know, he wasn't just br- brought in to become depth. He was potentially going to start. You know, like Zach has mentioned before, this is a guy from Georgia who, you know, had potential to start there. Um, now he has an opportunity to do the same at Florida, and we'll see how, how that turns out. But um, I think it's time for, for some basketball talk, right, Zach? I mean, I, I think that I think that we're about to get into it. Uh, I feel like this spring game has, you know, we sort of exhausted most of the stuff that we want to talk about. So, you know, I think this is time to kick it over to Brandon and talk about some basketball stuff. So, I disagree, and I'm disappointed. Why? What? What are you? What, you what, forgot what are the you? most. You forgot the most important Tell aspect me. of the spring game. Tell the game. people. Tell the people. Recruiting. <laughs> recruiting. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're I know how recruiting. much you love recruiting. Yeah, I'm just I'm obsessed with recruiting, guys. I just um, I completely it. I've I've been so into recruiting that it just went over my head completely. So um, go ahead and Zach, and you, you can start us off with that one. Yeah, I mean, I know that um that you and Connor Clark, who writes with us over at All Gators, have been working on putting together a um a list of guys that are coming. We're still trying to get everything confirmed, but it is going to be quite a few prospects. 
And people are, you know, people want to see the spring game. I tend to think Florida Twitter fans prefer to talk about recruiting right now because they really want to see some momentum coming out of the spring game. That's how it's, it's almost kind of been built up like that. Like they had these killer visits in the month of March. People loved it. There was a culture change. All the kids were saying the right things and beyond. Like I've not heard a staff praised as consistently by recruits like I did this past March. Um, Feels like home. Feels like home. Demetrius's favorite quote. It's my my dream school, actually. My dream school is another one. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like, it feels like it's being set up to where Florida, particularly now because they're in the spotlight on Thursday, they need to capitalize. So do you guys expect any commitments? They're going to have a long list. Demetrius, I don't know if you have that in front of you, if there's some guys not necessarily you think it would commit, just like some top names that are going to be there. But, but do you think that that's possible, that Billy ends up getting a few guys the green light and, and they capitalize on the spotlight? No, I think it's impossible. I don't think that they're ever going to get a single commit. Um, at least that's what I've been told by Florida Gators fans on Twitter. You know, this is a, a ruined school. Obviously, they're going to be terrible for, for years. No, um, I think program. That, and it's an unserious <laughs> program, right, exactly. I think that um, – Trayon Webb is a guy that, you know, Zach, you you wrote about him today. I think he he's going to schedule an official visit. I think that he's a guy that could potentially do it. You know, he's teased it a couple times. Maybe he's going to commit. Um, obviously, he's the cousin of, of D. Webb. So it, it seems natural. You know, you would, you would expect a guy that has alumni as, you know, family to maybe, you know, follow in his footsteps. So I think that the Gators, they're bringing in so many other prospects. There's, there's probably going to be – um, you know, me and Connor are, are putting together this list now. I haven't really gotten to the 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 nitty gritty of it yet, but you know, at least like maybe thirty players that are going to be there, probably more. You know, that, that that's how extensive this is going to be, and I think that that's another reason why they wanted to do this on a Thursday instead of previously it was scheduled for a Saturday when there was a couple other spring games going on. Now they're going to be in the spotlight. This is going to be the only one on. Um, they have plenty of reason to show up. The, you know, some of the recruits don't have any reason not to go. So I think that this is going to be interesting to see. And I think that, yeah, they could get a guy or two to commit. Now, I do want to caution this, though. And I think that we talked about it a, a few times. But in all seriousness, if they don't come out of the game with a single commit, it's not the end of the world. It's still April. Uh, you have seven months or eight months, actually, until early signing day now. So it's not as if this is it. You know, all of a sudden you're going to have no recruits. You're going to have no commitments, no signing. It's going to be over, you know, ruined program. No, this is like the very early part of this recruiting process. And I think that Billy Napier and his staff understand what they're doing. I don't think that there's a reason right now to question whether or not they're going to get a single guy. So um, just, you know, stay tuned for that. Maybe you'll see a guy pop, you know, all of a sudden during the game or at halftime or whatever. But um, I think it should be exciting to watch at least. Brandon, I saw you uh, give Demetrius kind of a side eye there. Do you think it is pretty important, essential, that they walk out of the spring game with a couple commits? I wouldn't necessarily say like it was more or less like a like a joking side eye, whatever. <laughs> okay. But I do think that it is it would be beneficial to kind of sure. take advantage of having that spotlight. I do think it's still April. I don't think that we need. It to, is still April. Can't confirm. We don't need to fold the program and take the. million that the dude donated yesterday and give it to the basketball team or anything like that. But (laughs) I think, uh, I do think that it would be in their best interest to kind of find someone that kind of gets this class going. Obviously Aaron Gates is already in there. He's a talented defensive back from Mm -hmm. uh, Georgia, but he's raw. He's not someone that's atop any lists of um, defensive backs in the country. Uh, But you know, you do have a few guys that are coming in that you can kind of get started with. Obviously, uh, Trayon Webb, just the as a legacy, would be big, even though you know he's not one of the top running backs. Like he's he's sure. still up there, but he's not like Cedric Baxter or anything like that. Richard um, Young, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's still it's, a top two hundred player. Hey, like, no, he's yeah, great. Yeah, he's great. I'm not. I'm not saying wonderful. he's not. He's just no, not, not the number one guy. I was just saying. I, I, would in general, just, I would just hope that fans aren't disappointed to only get a top two fifty guy. I guess is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like, no. I wasn't saying. I wasn't saying that that was the yeah. case. I was saying more no, or less like, and and how I have grown to you know see how fans react they are wanting that top 15 guy which is just crazy mm-hmm. yeah but, you know they'll come they'll, they'll they, come if billy's got this thing planned out well then the top recruits will come 
I yeah, think so. be Carmani, happy with the top 200 guy. Carmani's yeah. going to be at the game tomorrow, so, I mean, you never know. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say he's going to commit, but I'm just saying he's going to be there. Yeah. I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of talented guys there, and I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying that this is, you know, live or die or even kind of in a position where you even if you get like a top 250 guy, it's it's a disappointment because it's not any commitment at this point that's not a completely, you know, kind of wash as, as you're taking like a th- low, low three star, anything like that is going to be monumental for gaining that momentum. But um, I just think that while it's not time for just a complete panic, it's also you should expect at this point to at least see one or two guys kind of express their interest in the program as the kind of overall um, takeaways from this cycle so far is, Oh, I love Florida, Florida. They're doing things the right way They're, You know, this was the best visit I've been on this place that everyone's I'm making so many connections. The relationships I've yeah. gotten since I've been here have been incredible since the new staff's been here, I should say. So I think all of that kind of plays into Florida's getting into this position where they're going to be the, one team in the spotlight on Thursday or tonight. And we're going to see this kind of culminate in one or two commitments that everyone sits back and goes, okay, we're getting this thing cooking. Cause at this point it's not live or die, but it is would be necessary to push into the future. Would it be a strong tell um, that this thing is indeed cooking would be if they can get Treyon to back off of his official visits elsewhere. Cause he does have them scheduled yeah. elsewhere beyond Florida. If, they can take advantage of the third visit in, is it just under a month, just over a month, roughly a month. Yeah. It's close to either one of those. I'm not sure though. Yeah. As a legacy at a position of not only need, but importance to this offense, if they can get him to just say, you know what? No, it's done. My OB is to Florida and that's it. I'm committing right now. That is probably one of the best ways you could do it. And then other kids are going to flock to that. You know, there will be a domino effect if they see that that. this shut the, shut it all down. This sealed the deal for Treyon, and I trust him. I'm willing to go there. I mean, the kid's been committed elsewhere before, and he's gotten screwed yeah. out of places by a coaching staff. You know, he's sure, yeah. not in a position where he needs to fully trust he knows where he's going. You know, yeah. enjoy this. That's a good tell if he doesn't. Yeah. I'm very curious to see if Florida can make that happen. Yeah, I mean, there he'll he'll probably won't commit because like like you said, you know, he, he has a couple months. I think June 4th is is when he's gonna officially visit so that's actually almost two months you know a little under two months away so if they get out of there and at least he's saying this is you know great school you know basically the same stuff that he has been saying or a little bit more i think that that's a good sign i I think what we need to realize too is that when these guys make their commitments um they could back out you never know like why why you know harp on a guy that's making a commitment in april and you know two months down the line, he backs out, you know, some of these kids want to take their time. And I think that they've earned that they deserve to be able to take all of these official visits where they get a bunch of free merch. They get a bunch of free stays. Let's, let's be real. You know, this is something that's actually exciting for them and not only them, but their families, um, you know, mom and dad are, are always going to be there or mom or dad or however, you know, whoever their family is, they're always going to be there. So you, you have to realize that, this isn't a singular decision, although it is ultimately theirs. It's going to take some time. Sometimes they want to be able to get everything down and make sure that they're making the perfect decision. So if they do come out and they don't get a commit, then you know it is what it is. But I think that if they do end up getting at least one or two guys to say something incredible or even maybe one commit, I think that that's a lot of momentum heading out of spring, going into summer, and then into fall obviously will be the, the, the time when you actually can start panicking if they have nobody. I have a quick question before we go into basketball. Uh, I have nothing tells me that this would happen. I'm just curious. You know, he did coach. He did begin his career coaching basically as an offensive coordinator with Dabo Sweeney. Do you think he would let commits officially visit elsewhere? I personally think so, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe he wants it online. I've never thought about that because Dabo isn't notorious to be like, you can't visit anywhere else if you want to commit to us. Um, so I, I don't, it, Billy doesn't strike me as that kind of coach. That I guess he, maybe what it could be is that he says, Hey, don't commit. If you're going to be going, right. if you're going to be visiting, there. that makes sense. Actually. Like, I mean, 
I don't know if he's necessarily going to say something like that, but it does make sense because you, you see these guys have a lot of momentum to commit and then all of a sudden they don't. So like, why not? What, 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 what's with the staff saying, you know, um, you know, settle down, let's not do it right now. You know, clearly they're, they're being told by somebody because there's been a couple of guys that we thought, Hey, you know, this could come at, at any moment and it just hasn't. So that could be a, a reason why we haven't seen all the commits. We want them to, be able to experience their official business or if maybe you're right maybe he's taking the dabo route and if they do commit they can't take their official visits anywhere else or they're going to be dropped or however that works out but yeah that that's an interesting point i don't know what what do you think brandon i think i don't know i think that initially my thought was no i i don't mm-hmm. think that that's the necessarily the decision that you know billy would make but it does make sense considering we've seen kind of these uh and, and necessarily they, they might just be visit highs where they think that this is the best thing, you know, that where it is. And then they kind of leave and they come back down to reality and they're like, okay, I need to continue taking, you know, kind of seeing what the options are here. And, but I wouldn't necessarily think that he's telling them to wait until they take their visits. Um, I mean, it's part of the process. So, uh, and, and I feel like a lot of coaches are starting to understand that. I mean, Saban, you can take a visit if you're committed to Alabama. It's not like, yeah, yeah that's true. And and I would say that he has more kind of from Saban than Dabo, even though he was with Dabo. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I th- I think that he kind of follows more of the. I'm going to let these Saber. guys, you know, kind of go through this process. But at the end of the day, I want to see some form of commitment, like actual commitment to me, to this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and. Who knows? Maybe it's just like a let's wait and pile it up so we just get on a roll and start going. Yeah, uh, you know, you you got guys that have kind of been rumored to be committing. Well, what if they just all drop tomorrow night? What if like you just get like eight <laughs> commitments right in a row and it's kind of like, oh my gosh, they're cooking fireworks show. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just like that's that's plausible. I mean, it's not you know, it's not like something that's likely, but is it something that's could it happen out of nowhere? Sure, because there have been these guys that have been rumored to have that interest in Florida. But to say that he's telling kids like you can't commit here until you take your visits or if you commit here, you can't take, I I just don't see that being in part of his plan because that's a, that that can be a deterrent. I know people at Clemson have kind of been like, Oh, like what? I'm not, I don't want to do that. Yeah. We'll following see. following the the logic of of Dabo Swinney is is also very you know risky. Too. If, yeah. if, if we've if we've seen anything that, that he's said in the past, you know, even couple of days, where people keep for whatever reason asking him about NIL, even though we know that he absolutely despises the idea of players getting paid even a penny. Um, so I, I think that he's not a very player friendly coach, from what I've seen and what I've heard. Uh, clearly, they they still are able to get the recruits in, so something he's doing something right. They're a winning program, but yeah, I wouldn't say that following the Dabo Sweetie uh, method would be a good thing, especially for a first year guy like like Billy Napier in the SEC. Yeah, especially because Napier seems to be the exact opposite. He is a very player friendly coach, absolutely by all accounts. You know, he expects a lot out of you, but he loves these guys. Just from what we've seen so far, at least. Uh, I think that allows us to transition to hoops. I felt pretty stupid earlier. Um, we had the Alex Fudge story go up, and I went over to the All Gators social account to tweet out the story. And I said that Todd Golden was on a roll. Then Golden ten, era. Ten seconds later, <laughs> ten seconds later, Reeves goes into the portal. So, Brandon, without further ado, this is going to be your segment. We're going to just ask you questions along the way because you are our basketball god. Uh, Talk to us about, A, your early impressions of Todd Golden and then just this domino effect of recruiting. First, Will Richard, then Alex Fudge, and then uh, Kwesi Reeves goes into the portal. Yeah, absolutely. So starting with Todd Golden uh, before we get into everything, because there is a lot, like you said, like they're, you know, they have had some – Additions, readditions, exits, everything. It has been a busy offseason for Florida since Mike White left. But I will say that Todd Golden has been, at least in my eyes, he's been a very good addition, kind of hire for Florida. I think that we've seen this kind of, especially in the introductory press conference, he understands what it takes to win, even though he hasn't done it necessarily at a major level at this point, at a power six level in college basketball. But he's had success elsewhere. Obviously, he had that success at San Francisco. 
taking them to their first tournament since 1998 something yeah. you know it, it, mm-hmm. i think it was 1998 um and he's just been very steady he seems like he's someone that is can make sure everything is kind of put together and similarly to billy napier where he's just detail-oriented he kind of views this game through a different lens of a lot of other people and so i think that as a result it's going to be beneficial for the florida program going forward uh, i like a lot what he does offensively um he makes he it's fast-paced offense likes to shoot threes kind of um likes to get rim twos which basically means he they run the floor a lot and just try to find guys cutting inside whether that's a center uh, guard coming from the outside wing whatever they like to find people at the hoop or they try to take high percentage shots open threes kind of spread the ball around it is a fun offense to watch if you haven't seen it go watch the murray state san francisco first round ncaa tournament game uh, overtime game they scored 87 points ended up losing but just electric offense which hasn't been seen in florida for quite some time so hey they might not they might not win uh initially just because of the roster what? and things kind of changing pieces but they're going to be fun that's one thing so at least you're going to get to watch some high octane offense when they're you know uh competing against teams but and i also thought that like when our conversations he just seems like he's very smart about basketball and i don't really think there's another way to put it he understands the importance of ball security he understands i mean he played and he Average, I think he had like 90-something assists and 23 turnovers his senior year at St. Mary's, which is just a ridiculous uh, ratio. Like, that is crazy. Um, he he was a walk-on there, too, so it's not like he was some big star. He just understands the importance of the fundamentals of basketball, and he company, accompanies that with analytics and things like that. Right. So I, I think that he has been incredible for Florida, even though he wasn't a big name initially. And I would... Right now, if I had a you know a buzzer to say like I'm putting my um, faith as a mm-hmm. you know it, or just kind of my uh, stamp of approval on him in the early stages, I'd put it there right now. Uh, obviously, where recruiting's concerned, looking a lot of the transfer portal, you've had guys like Anthony Derugi declare for the draft. You've had Tari Appleby enter the transfer portal. Um, obviously, now you have Koisi Reeves who's entering the transfer portal, who I'll get to in a second. Uh, just some kind, of, and then. Uh, uh, Gat kick. I, I'm not going to even attempt to say his first name. Huh. Uh, yeah, I'm just not. I'm not going to butcher it like that. I apologize. Um, but I think he's kind of done well in the initial portion of this offseason to add guys like Will Richard, who is a great combo guard. He kind of is similar to Quasi Reeves, where he can score at all three levels, attack off the dribble, knock down three point shots. He's not as efficient from beyond the three as Quasi as Joni can be but he makes up for that with his ability to finish at the rim and kind of be this dynamic scoring option that Florida was going to have, you know, two of if, if Kowasi was still there, which he could possibly still be. Um, and then obviously Alex Fudge commitment today, former LSU forward uh, kind of left after the Will Wade situation kind of came to a head with his firing. Uh, a lot of guys departed from the program. They only have one returner from last season who actually was entered into the transfer portal and de-entered. The other day, I don't know if that's how you say it. D just took I've his name. Ne- out I've never heard the word "de-entered" in my life. Well, I'm, I just made it, so it's <laughs> that is what it is. There you go. He de-entered the portal, so he, he <laughs> new word <laughs> coined hey. on, on the on the Believe in Fortigators podcast. There you go, dude. Hey, you know I'm, I'm making up a lot of things, there like new words. That's great. Um, but yeah, so I think with Fudge, you're getting a guy that's he's a forward. So he's going to probably, he's going to fill that four spot. He comes with a lot of length at six, eight um, is really able to kind of play this role that kind of, he's going to be able to one, be that one that runs the floor. He's going to be able to one that runs rim to rim on both ends of the floor. He's shown the ability to uh, be a rim protector. Uh, he also, despite not playing much at LSU was very efficient when he did play shot 42.4% from the field and had almost four rebounds a game or, just right under three and a half rebounds per game, but he's still been this. He's shown maximum levels of potential since, and he was a highly touted recruit out of Jacksonville, Florida. Out of four, Duval. There you go. But anyways, uh, his high, his career high is fourteen points. Uh, he, so he hasn't been this kind of big figure for LSU, but he's kind of a 
it's it's kind of weird because he he showcases like length. It's a he has a natural jumper. It it, it can go in. Um, he shows opportunistic defense where he's able to kind of just pickpocket guys and kind of make plays on the ball that not necessarily every forward's able to make. And I think because of that, he's going to be able to finish. You know, he's going to be able to be this very vital role player, or even starter at the four position that's kind of thin right now for Florida. He is f- kind of flashy around the rim. He doesn't finish with much uh, power, but he's f- he can finesse at the hoop. Uh, he's athletic, so he's kind of filling that Anthony Derugi position, but he's more efficient from the field. So I'm excited to see exactly what he brings um, to this Gators team, especially as someone that is kind of being a – immediate he's immediately being plugged in he doesn't have much time to sit back which is kind of the case scenario for all the guys that are going to transfer in to the florida program uh Mm -hmm. at this point and then kawasi reeves here we go so obviously (laughs) if you have ever i mean at least towards the end of the year watched gator basketball you know that florida had one of the higher rated uh prospects wing prospects uh last year as a true freshman he was supposed to be this kind of building block for florida going forward he was the guy the star on the team because every you know as as good as teams can be got to have a star and he was that guy unfortunately for florida i should say he entered the transfer portal today after kind of going through these off-season workouts, off-season events with the team thus far. He's yep. been, you know, he, he's been a guy that has been huge for the Gators uh, in the, really the past three games, I should say, of his career. Um, it's this weird kind of uh, situation where he is in a position where he doesn't have that comfortability with where the team's at but he's also in a, looking to possibly come back to the team. I think he's just testing yeah. the market to see what's out there for him. His head coach left, the guy he committed to. Uh, he is a top player, and he's shown that he can compete at the SEC level at a, at a major level. So he's just kind of seeing the opportunities that are available to him, which, I mean, you can't really blame someone for doing that, especially in the age of NIL, where if he pops off at somewhere that is one of the blue bloods of college basketball, he could you know kind of rack in some – some he could reap the benefits and end up in the NBA with and already be kind of financially established. I just think that there is position for Florida to push forward with Reeves. Um, they're going to have to kind of anchor down on trying to get him back. He's a dynamic scorer, can score at all three levels, just like Richard, but he is mm-hmm. a knockdown shooter, uh, can really pop it. And I think the best thing about him is that He's able to rise above defenders, even in their inner in his face. It kind of reminds me of how Kevin Durant's able to do it, just on a lesser scale. Kevin Durant's so lengthy that when he gets off the dribble, it doesn't matter how close you are to him, he's going to be able to get up over you. The only way you're going to be able to do it is you're going to have to get into his body. Kwesi mm-hmm. Reeves is very similar, has an incredible jump shot that he puts it high above his head and he's able to rise above defenders because he's athletic and he has that length. And there's just I've never seen someone with more confidence when he's stroking the basketball because it's like it's the routine. There's no one in front of him. He's just rising up and knocking it down every single time, and it, it is consistent every single time. So I, I think that there is some promising for the future and also some we're going to have to work on this. We're going to have to try to get Kowasi Reeves back. Yeah, that's an excellent breakdown of pretty much everything. But um, I have a couple questions. Now, obviously, I don't follow uh, the Gators basketball program as closely as Brandon does since, you know, he's he's sort of been in there and, and you know, he goes all the games and has been an outstanding resource for us at all Gators. Uh, I can't thank him enough for, for being able to do this. But just looking at the roster in general, you know, with Colin Castleton coming back, which which we haven't really talked about too much, you know, how much does that add to the team? And I know that a lot of people – they saw Collins coming back and they're like, what's the big deal? But to me, you know, from the, the little that I've seen, he's probably one of their top tier players. You know, this is a guy that is going to be able to get there and, you know, get all the rebounds. You know, he's he, he's a big man that they absolutely need. So how important was that for Golden to, you know, retain him and, and sort of what's the outlook there looking like look, moving forward? I think that's huge. I think Castleton has been 
vital for the Gators and the limited success they have had in recent years. I don't want to say that they've been terrible, but they have underachieved expectations, especially this season, not making the tournament. But when he was at the top of his game, Florida looks like a team that is hard to beat. And that's, I think that can be the case going into next season because not only is he kind of a rim protector on the defensive side of the ball, not only can he get, you know, is he opportunistic on the boards, uh, despite kind of lacking in in kind of a stature, because yes, sure. he's six ten, but he's not going to be able to compete against the guys that are just kind of solid bully ball players that can <laughs> box him out and kind of take advantage of him on the boards. But he's his offense is just something that you can really work through. He's a technician in his footwork around the basket. His his post up game is one more of the elite in the SEC. And that was kind of noticed in against Texas A&M when they just doubled him all game. Every time the ball came in, double. And it, it, they just did not allow him to kind of get a rhythm in that tournament game, which ultimately resulted in their exit despite having a comeback effort to go into overtime against a team that ended up playing in the NIT conference or NIT final against Xavier, a team that Florida lost to before Xavier took them down. So, it, you know, I think Castleton is in a position where he – can reap the benefits of coming back for another year. He can play in a system that's going to be friendly to the center position because they're not going to be, he's not going to be the guy that gets the ball every single time down the court. He's going to be able to, cause he's a he's good passing the ball from the post. If he, you know, gets the ball in the post and he gets doubled, he can kick it out to someone that can shoot the ball. And golden is kind of harping on this ability to shoot three pointers because he understands how important it is in today's game and really how much of a, it's an ultimate equalizer in basketball. If you're able to knock down the three point, that gives you the ability to kind of get out and get in runs and kind of expand your scoring horizon. And he's going to be able to kick it out to guys and they're going to be able to knock it down. That means that he's going to add another element to his game that people are going to look at and they'll be like, wow, he's actually making these really good passes and getting these assist numbers. And they're going to look in the stat sheet and things like that. So I'm excited to see what Cassins is able to do. I do think there are a few things that he'll need to work on before he fully gets to that position where he can reach his maximum potential. But I would say the ability for him to come back and for him to be that another focal point in the offense, especially if Kowasi Reeves isn't there mm-hmm. is huge. And I want to touch on this real quick. I know I've, I've kind of rambled here, no, you're but good. his, you look at the center position, you look at the front court really for Florida and it's thin. I mean, you're going to have Jason Jatobo coming back from what was a scary eye injury that required surgery against Tennessee. Other than that, you have you have no one. Like <laughs> Jalen Reed is going to be a four. Alex Fudge is going to be a four. So at this point, we're looking at Jason Jatobo having to step in and having no one behind him. Florida's going to have to play small ball. And yeah. now that Castleton's coming back, they have that luxury to kind of take a deep breath and be able to play one through five and have that kind of confidence that if they need to, they can go to him in the post and they can just work the inside game. Or if they need to, they can work it to him in the post. He can kick it out and they can knock down a three and get back on defense. So I think that he's huge and there's no other way to spin it. What do you think about, um, and I know we talked about this off the podcast, point guard. It seems like the biggest remaining need they've got. I know that you had uh, looked at the guy from SMU, but don't think he's likely, but he would be the perfect addition. Yeah. Uh, what do they do there? They should have what one spot left Two, I guess, if Reeves does go elsewhere, um, what do they need to do there? Who are some guys you like? And what do you think that the position will look for? And it's in this, uh, in this scheme. Well, yeah, I think the biggest thing to me about Florida right now is they've added a lot of wing players from the portal. Uh, and, and really just in general, I think they're going to right now, Elijah Kennedy's the, or not Elijah Kennedy. Denzel Aberdeen, the incoming freshman, is slated to take over starting position at guard because or at point guard because they just don't have him. And as a result, with the possible two left, I, I and I don't want to be too you know predictive because I'm not plugged into the situation because it literally just happened an hour ago, if that. But I'm not gonna be the one to say that Kwesi Reeves is a hundred percent leaving Florida. I think there's a good chance that he returns. I think there's a good chance that Golden kind of is like, no, we need you. Yeah. Like you, you can't go anywhere. You're you're staying here. So um, 
as a result, they're going to have to go get a point guard with that last spot on the board. And I think Kendrick Davis from SMU is that guy. Uh, he's just – and when you think of a point guard and, and a modern-day point guard, I should say, it, there is no one that is better um, in the entire transfer portal. I mean, maybe Nigel Pack from Kansas State, but I believe he goes north um, and plays at you know in, a, in the Big Ten or something like that um, mm-hmm. just because that's where he's from. But Kendrick Davis is kind of this highly coveted player in the transfer portal, and he's been – fantastic since he got started with um smu he's been mm-hmm. a f- and in 2020 he was 14 6 and 4 he, he 14 points six assists and four points per game or four rebounds per game Amazing. that is that that's crazy numbers six assists per game it does not happen in basketball especially when you're scoring nearly 15 points it just means that he's able to be that floor general but he can also be a threat scoring the ball and if you want to take him away, all right, he's going to find the open players. It's similar to Castleton inside. So I think Davis is that one guy that I look at and I'm like, if Florida can get him, they're set. They mm-hmm. are they're set. They're ready to go. Um, other than him, I, I'd look at uh, Andre Curbelo from Illinois. He's been a staple of their teams the last few years. And obviously Illinois, uh, two years ago, was the top team in the tournament. They were one of the one of the stud teams that everyone was like, Oh, Illinois is going to be able to take it. Obviously they kind of under, you know, underachieved expectations, but he was still solid in that regard. And being able to be this uh, floor general, this combo guard, this ball handler, that's able to dish the ball out and be someone that can, you know, whether he can push the ball in, in transition or he can slow the game down and find open shots and create this right. offensive cohesion. So Curbelo or, um, Kendrick Davis are my two top ones for Florida to really pursue because, I mean, Davis is a stud and Curbelo has shown that he can do it at the Big Ten major level. Absolutely. That, yeah. Now, that would be incredible, obviously, for them to bring in those kind of guys or at least that type of player. And, and, and what you mean just is, you know, at least to to jumpstart this Todd Golden era. You know, we kind of joke the, the – the golden era and all of that. But I really think that, that, that it needs to be said, you know, Mike White's ending in, in Gainesville was, was not good. That was a, a terrible breakup for, you know, between the, the staff in terms of Mike White and, and his staff and, and the Florida Gators. Uh, so getting back to winning basketball and getting back to a positive mindset within the fan base is, is hugely important. So anything that they can do to, you know, evoke that positive outcome is, is, is important. And I think that, what you nailed on too with Reeves, you know, just because a guy enters the transfer portal doesn't mean that they're for sure leaving. Now, obviously, the the it's it's more likely because now they're in the portal and now they're actually able to uh, get out there and join another squad if they want to. But overall, I don't think that it's it's necessarily something that you can say and, and, and point to and be like, well, for sure he's gone, we're finished, it's over, you know, start over somewhere else. You're gonna have to bring in another guy and and blah blah blah. You know, I think that this is a working. Uh, a work in progress, and I think that Todd Golden, at least from what we've seen and what Brandon's told us, you know, he's you know he knows what he's doing. So uh, for now, I think Brandon would would you agree? Just you know, for the fan base to you know give it time and actually let it play out before you know losing their minds. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I mean, we're in a position where Golden is what just over a month. He got announced just over a month ago. And he has brought in – he's brought, he's already replaced most of the talent that's left. Tyree Appleby's the one guy that he hasn't been able to replace, but he's added at the forward position where Tyree Appleby was at. They have that one spot left, not including Reeves leaving, which I, I will say it is – most of the time whenever you see a transfer, it is better when they – when the initial report says X team that he's spent – you know, whatever, however amount of time on is still in consideration mm-hmm. instead of just this player's into the transfer portal. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. a lot of the time, yes, that'll come up, but it's, if that's not something that someone's telling them, I feel like that can be, Oh, he's on his way out, but Reeves isn't completely out of the, out of the door, um, which is promising for Florida. And Absolutely. to see that in the initial report report had to be like, okay, you know, for golden and everything to be, I mean, obviously they probably know, but it's still just kind of like this breath of fresh air that you can still bring him back to the squad. 
Um, yeah. But I will say that it's, it's, it's important to give them time. It's important to be understanding of the processes that are college basketball and college sports in general, as players have a luxury to kind of move from team to team, unlike ever before. And so, you know, you're looking at Kendrick Davis or Nigel Pack or whoever coming in, possibly um, those would be huge additions to the team and would really kickstart this um, rebuild. That's going to be massive because Florida brought in four transfers last season uh, two at the guard. Myron Jones is staying, so that'll be that'll be good. But he's another shooting guard. They don't have a point guard, so you had to kind of plug, fill, and plug these positions last year, and now that kind of is showing. Um, so you're in a position where time is necessary to kind of get this ship back up and running to the national championship level that it once did when they went back to back in 06 and 07. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think we are just about close to wrapping it up, but I'll leave us with a basketball update. Uh, Colin Castleton just had surgery today. He just tweeted about it. It looks like it was on his shoulder. Uh, hoping it's an easy recovery. I'm sure that was um, that was part of the package in him coming back was, hey, yeah. we'll, we'll get this taken care of immediately. Uh, it looks yeah. like it was because it's just, what, one or two days later it's, uh, it's yeah. being done. <clears throat> also, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I know yeah. that bothered him for quite a bit. Yeah, so um, actually oh, they announced, or uh, who was it? I think it was um, the interim coach, Al Pinkins, um, said that it was a torn labrum that he was playing mm. for this year. Yeah, Jeez. so he was. He uh, needed surgery then. Yeah, so it was something yeah. that he was going to have to get surgery at some point, but he didn't want to have to completely go out um, from this the season before yeah, making yeah. his decision too. Exactly. You know, that, exactly. That's he didn't want to have to kind of rule himself at one out of the season because they thought they were in a position where they could push for postseason, um, mm-hmm. and they were in a position where he's trying to play for his career uh, you know it's, yeah. it's continuation his professional career which credit to him that shows his toughness and that's something that always always brought up whenever you bring up castleton is how tough he is how intense he is how much he kind of loves basketball and that was shown this year and hopefully he can get that shoulder right and get back to playing elite level basketball like he's played in the past few years and another update although it's back on the football side um florida has released their two rosters for this game uh, there's an orange and blue team, as you might have suspected. Um, it looks like the orange team is primarily the first team defense, second team offense, blue team, first team offense, second team defense. And it serves as a gentle reminder uh, just how freaking massive this coaching staff is. I looked at how they split the coaches up and they did it like sections of analysts and on-field coaches and strength staff and academics for during the week. And I immediately thought of the meme, like I ain't reading all that happy for (laughs) you though. So, or sorry, it happened. It's it's long, but I mean, it's, it's impressively thorough um, as well as how they've broken up the teams too. I mean, like we said, they've been practicing like this this week, so it should look pretty sharp for all these players working together um, when it comes to Thursday night. We're looking forward to covering it. I'll be out there with Definitely. Demetrius uh, in the box. Brandon will be down getting some uh, some observations from the stands, but we will all be there. We also have Alex Shepard making his way up to take some photos. Uh, if you want to see any of the written content, make sure to stop by sportsillustratedallgators.com. Uh, we will be writing plenty as the day's going on, immediately after. And as we teased last week, uh, anticipate some attrition. I wouldn't be surprised if within several days, if not 24 hours, honestly, players start saying that they're going to be looking elsewhere. Uh, Whereas Florida will also increase their interest and efforts with players in the portal. It should be an eventful rest of March. Sorry. Rest of April. I even said earlier, it is April. I messed up there. It is Um, the rest of April and, and leading into the summer, it's going to be action packed and we'll be covering it here also at the believe in Florida Gators podcast. Uh, Demetrius, any parting thoughts? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I wish that this roster would have came out beforehand because it looks really fun to read and we could have talked about it, but it's fine. Um, I think that, you know, first of all, thank you to Brandon for coming on, you know, talking all that basketball knowledge because, I mean, honestly, like me and Zach, you know, we're very dug into the football side of things. Obviously, we'll watch and we'll pay attention to the basketball stuff, but really Brandon does carry us in that area. So I really thank him for coming on and answering all the questions. I hope that you guys got a little bit smarter and maybe, you know, you could breathe a little bit easier because of that. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm really excited tomorrow to go into the box and see what the Gators are looking like. Like I said, it's my first spring game um, to cover for the Gators because, you know, the last two years have been canceled due to COVID. And, you know, just I think uh, actually last year they had a, you know, the, the the stadium was actually used as a testing site. So another COVID reason. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. I think that, you know, not everything is going to be dire. You don't have to hang on every single rep tomorrow, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see exactly how they stack up against each other and, and, and see exactly how this team plays. Are they disciplined? Are, are we seeing the things that Billy Napier has talked about? That's going to be interesting to see. So, um, yeah, but go ahead and check us out at allgators.com for all the written content. Um, we produce, you know, at least four, sometimes five stories a day. Like it, it's, it's, it's a running ship and, and we have a, a great staff there with Zach Brandon and uh, Carter Clark, who's, who's our recruiting guy. And then obviously myself. So, uh, just stick with us. Obviously, this episode went a little bit longer than we would normally do, but we had a lot to talk about. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah. And with that, Brandon, I do want to thank you as well for stopping by and providing, like Demetrius said, some really great insight. Uh, feel free to plug away some of your work with the audience, know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to follow me on Twitter at it's B Carol uh, and then Carol spelled C-A-R-R-O-L-L, uh, just, you know, and also allgators.com. Uh, all our work's there. So it's not like you have to go far to read me or Zach or Demetrius or even Connor. So make sure to kind of give that a look. And I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun to be back on the airwaves and appreciate it. Can't wait to get back on again. Let's do it again soon. Uh, like you said, follow him at It's B Carol. You can find Demetrius at Demetrius82 and myself at Zach underscore Goodall. And of course, you know, if you want to keep hearing this podcast, no better way to do it than just go ahead and hitting that subscribe button anywhere you can find podcasts whether it's apple music or apple podcast i guess i should say uh, spotify google play stitcher tune in hit that subscribe button leave those reviews as you know by now five stars only is the rule uh, but give us your feedback let us know what you want to hear from this show if we can make any improvements or just tell us you love us you know we all got to do that for each other sometimes appreciate you tuning in and we'll catch you next week peace For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.